0: This morning, we're continuing in our series on the King and His Cross. And this morning, we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 6, verses 45 to 56. And, um, yeah, so this one is the story of Jesus walking in water. And I think it's one of the most widely known, widely known, not wildly known, widely told and well-known miracles of Jesus. And I think it's a story that... Almost everyone knows. And I think the problem with famous miracles like this one is that we tend to focus on the act itself rather than on the why. So every time we read the Bible and see Jesus doing something amazing, we need to ask ourselves why he did it. Because Jesus had a purpose to everything that he did, including miracles. They're signs pointing us to truth. So, as we will work through this passage, we'll find there are two possible reasons why Jesus walked in water. So, let's read Mark chapter 6, verses 45 to 56. And before I do that, does anybody need a Bible? Okay. So, so yeah. So, it's Mark chapter 6, 45 to 56. Jesus walks on the water. And I think it's just worth remembering before we read this that this passage is immediately after the passage where Jesus fed the 5,000. So immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. The hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognised Jesus. They ran throughout that whole region and carried those who were ill on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns or countryside... They placed those who were ill in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. So, as I said earlier, when we read this passage, we see that um, yeah. When we read this passage, we see that Jesus made the disciples to get in the boat before him. And the question we need to ask ourselves, first of all, is why? I mean, they could have just went across together. And um, the disciples, they were out in the middle of a 13-mile-wide lake. And I think on a normal day, it would take around four hours to, to row across And in the Amplified Version of the Bible, it says it was the fourth watch of the night, which means it was between 3am and 6am. The disciples had set out right after dinner, so most likely they'd been rowing for around eight hours, yet they still found themselves in the middle of the lake. And the storm they were painfully trying to make headway on, I believe, is a picture of the storm that was going on in their hearts and minds we read in verse 52, it tells us the disciples couldn't understand about the loaves from the previous miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000, and their hearts were hardened. So they understood Jesus miraculously broke the loaves so hungry people would be satisfied. But they didn't understand that Jesus himself was the bread of life, and he himself must be broken so hungry souls would be satisfied. They understood Jesus had power, but they didn't understand Jesus was power. And they understood Jesus was from God, but didn't understand Jesus himself was God. So they found themselves in a storm out in the middle of the lake. Physical struggling, an attempt to make headway through the storm was a picture of their spiritual struggle trying to understand who Jesus really was. And I think this is something that we face today. You know, Jesus, So the disciples were, they were always around Jesus, around his teachings and his kingdom work. However, they were still missing who he was. And I think sometimes things can be right in front of us, staring us right in the face and we still miss it. So we're going to watch a short video and let's see how remarkable a car is.
1: To test just how much attention the attention-stealing design of the new Skoda Fabia actually steals, we left one parked on this ordinary road in West London. We wanted to see if its sharp crystalline shapes, bold lines and lower, wider profile would attract the desired level of attention. Will the 17-inch black alloy wheels stop passers-by in their tracks? Will the angular headlights attract the attention of other road users? when a crowd gather to check out its fresh, sporty look? Well, not quite. But did the attention-stealing design distract you from noticing that the entire street has been changing right before your very eyes? Don't believe us? Have another look. Did you spot the van changing to a taxi? How about the scooter changing to a pair of bicycles? Or the lady holding a pig? let alone the fact that the entire street is now completely different? Didn't think so. So there we have it, proof that the new Skoda Fabia is truly attention-stealing. No,
0: I'm not sponsored by Skoda. <laughs> so yeah, I think there's something in this for, uh, for all of us. and you know, I think we can be around Jesus without actually ever knowing him or seeing him for who he is. You know, we come to church on a Sunday, we've got small groups, community lunches. These are all good things, and we enjoy being in and around these. The challenge for us is this, you know, we can attend these good things without ever getting to know the best thing, and that's Jesus himself. So I think maybe for some of us this morning, maybe we know about Jesus, but we don't actually know him. Not in a real way, not in a personal way. And I think if that's you this morning, there'll be an opportunity, you know, to meet Jesus in a personal way at the end of the service. So in small group, we've been working our way through redeeming the redeeming work study. I hope I've, how many here have been doing that? Just great, great. So this past week, we were asked to watch a TED talk. With uh, from Sarah Kay. Sarah Kay is a spoken word poet from New York. During the talk, she explained about how we see life through our own lens, you know, which has been influenced by our experiences and by our opportunities. And she said, as a teenage girl living in New York, she would never know how it would feel to be a teenage boy in New Zealand. And I was thinking, applying this to the disciples. They had just witnessed Jesus feed the five thousand, yet they still didn't recognise Jesus for who he was. They were looking at him through their own limited lenses. They'd never experienced anything like this before. It was beyond their realms of possibility. They didn't understand what they'd seen, so in a way, they had contained Jesus, and in doing so, hardened their hearts to him. Brenda and I were at uh, the Befriend a Child Ball a couple of weeks ago. And uh, during the night, one young lady came up and shared her experience as being befriended as a child and how she herself is now a befriender. And her story, I have to say, was uh, was hard-hitting and harrowing at times. And she recalled one, uh, one Saturday, her befriender took her to the beach, Aberdeen Beach, This was the first time she'd actually been to the beach. And it's hard to believe that there's children in Aberdeen today who've never been to the beach. They've never smelt the sea or felt the sand in their toes. So the lens that this girl was viewing life through was limited by her circumstances. And I think often we allow our experiences to dictate our understanding of God rather than focusing in on the truth. You know, for us as God's children, we allow our, our own experiences to shape our knowledge and understanding of Him. You know, what experiences are we missing by not looking through the lens of Jesus? You know, are we delving into Scripture and holding on to God's promises and His truth? Or are we looking through a very narrow lens? And I think as well, for many of us, our Unbelief can be the biggest barrier to us receiving God's love, His blessing, and His power. You know, If, I, if you're looking through a lens of unbelief, then you need God's Spirit. To, you know, we need, if that's us, we need God's Spirit to free us from this. And again, if you're allowing your feelings of unbelief to hinder your relationship with God there'll be an opportunity to change this at the end of the service. Going back to the disciples in that boat and thinking about them painfully trying to make headway through the storm, Jesus knew they were going to experience a storm and he was about to do something that would not only change their understanding of him but also reveal his divinity. So in the midst of the disciples not understanding and their hearts being hardened, Jesus walked in water. And we read in verse 48, He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. So I say the disciples were physically drained from rowing against the wind and waves. And they were spiritually drained from them, phys- from them struggling to understand who this person Jesus was. Suddenly Jesus came walking in water and meant to pass by them. So I said Jesus doesn't you know what Jesus does there's no accident behind everything has a purpose. And he Jesus wanted to show his disciples his divinity and he wanted to show them he was God in all the fullness of his glory. He wanted them to look through his lens. So Jesus, he he was basically answering the question the disciples had asked the last time they were in a boat and caught in a storm. Earlier in chapter 4 of Mark, we read that they were caught in a storm, afraid for their lives. They woke Jesus up and he rebuked the wind and waves. The storm was made calm. The disciples then asked, Who was this guy who, who even the wind and waves obeyed? He was answering that question. He was saying, I am God. Sorry. The disciples were fishermen, and uh, they spent well m- much of their lives working the water. And, a- and more than anyone, they would know it was humanly not possible to walk in water. So when they saw Jesus walking on water, they knew it could only be divine power. And I think. The words we need to just look at the words that Mark uses. When he says Jesus meant to pass by them, Mark was intentionally doing something here, and he was using the same language as back in Exodus 33, when God passed by Moses. Moses, if you remember, Moses was having a meeting with God. God told him he'd found favor in his sight. And he knew him by name. Moses made an astonishing request. He asked God to show him his glory. And we read in Exodus 33:19. Then Moses said, "Now show me your glory, and the Lord said, "I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord in your presence." So Moses asked God to show him his glory, and God answered by doing two things. First, he said he would make all his goodness pass before him. and this is the same word that Mark uses when talking about Jesus passing by the disciples in the boat. And secondly, he said he would proclaim his name before him. His name is the Lord, which literally means Yahweh, which means I am. and when we if if we read what Jesus said to the disciples as he passed by, he, he immediately he spoke to them and said, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And the Greek meaning of is, when he says it is I, the Greek meaning is I am. So I think Jesus walking in water wasn't just him showing off. He was letting his entire divine glory pass by the disciples, just as God did for Moses. Just as God proclaimed his name as Yahweh, as I am, Jesus also proclaimed his name as I am. So I think the first reason that Jesus walked in water was to reveal his divinity. And the second reason he walked in water was to bring his divinity near to us. So, you know, when you look at what God does for Moses in Exodus and what Jesus does for his disciples in Mark, they're pretty similar. Both Moses and the disciples are being shown God's glory and divinity. But it's wonderfully different. It's different in two ways. I think the first thing is, when God revealed his his, uh, divinity to Moses, Moses was walking, what I would say, in in the best manner he knew. Moses wasn't perfect, but he was living in faith, obedience and intimacy with God. But when Jesus revealed his divinity to the disciples, what position were they in? They were in a position of unbelieving. Their hearts were hardened. And I think this is is actually good news for us. Because sometimes we think the only way that God's going to come near to us is when we're living in perfect faith and obedience. If we're spending time reading the Bible every day, spending hours in prayer, Sharing the gospel, fasting. But the good news is, well, we don't need to be doing that. Jesus will cross any barrier to meet with us, not just when we're living in obedience, but you know, also when we're in the darkest of times and struggles. You know, as the disciples were struggling with unbelief, they thought Jesus was impossibly far off. They knew he was with them the last time they were struggling against the storm because he was sleeping in the boat. However, this time, they feared Jesus was far off. And I think it's the same for us. Sometimes when we struggle, we, you know, we do know that Jesus is right there with us. But other times, we fear he's absent and impossibly far off. And I think there's a, there's a, the truth here is that the reality is that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He will walk in water to come to you. And he does this to show you that there's no barrier, no amount of shame or sin that will separate you from his love. And I think the wonderfully different thing between the story of Moses and the disciples is Jesus is willing to come near to them, near to us. Not just when we're filled with faith and obedience, but also when we're filled with unbelief and doubt. So Jesus revealed his divinity by coming near to them. He walked in water, proclaimed his name, I Am, and then he got into the boat with them. So I think no matter how, how hard life gets or what you're struggling with, Jesus has walked in water for you. He's crossed that impossible barrier that separates you from him. He is the perfect high priest who can empathize with you and all your weaknesses. Not only that, he's stepped into the boat with you and I. I just want to recount a story where I felt Jesus came into my boat. And this was something that happened 18 years ago. Brenda had to go into hospital for, well, it was meant to be a routine operation, but it didn't quite turn out that way. She ended up having two emergency operations. And remember, just before her second emergency operation, Brenda had deteriorated, her condition had deteriorated quite quickly, and the consultant said, We're taking your wife to theatre, and we don't know if she's coming back. As you'd imagine, that was Quite a shock to both Brenda and I. We actually ended up saying our goodbyes because we didn't know if we were going to see each other again. Um, and that off she went, and uh, so I was left on my own and worried sick, and um, couldn't get hold of anybody. Phoned, couldn't get hold of anyone. So the only thing I, they put me into a room side room and um, the only thing I could do was just get down on my knees and just cry out to God. And I think during that time that was the first time I actually encountered Jesus in a personal way. I I asked him to get into my boat and he did. But, you know, to be more precise he actually got down on the floor beside me and he enabled me to weather the storm. And uh, not only that, thankfully he he uh, ensured Brenda came back, but um, he also brought a close friend, who's a doctor, to um, you know, to my side. So I think Jesus provided what I needed most in that situation. So, towards the end of the passage, we read that the disciples and Jesus they, they land at Gennesaret and anchor there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus and they bring the sick to to him to heal. So just think, just the contrast here between the disciples and the people. Disciples thought Jesus was a ghost and almost let him pass them by. And And the people recognized Jesus as soon as he comes ashore. The disciples were amazed at Jesus' power because they still didn't understand. The people believed that Jesus can help them. They go running all over the place, bringing the sick to them. They believe they can be healed, even just by touching the edge of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. So I think the question for us is this. Whether we are like the disciples and fail to see Jesus for who he is, or are we like the people and trust he has the power to help us in our time of need? We need to be like the people and invite Jesus into the difficult situations. Invite him into our boats. So I'm just going to finish this here now. Just If you're in Christ, he will not let you go. He will come to you. Our security is not dependent on our, on our ability to never doubt or struggle. But it's his ability to walk in water and come to us over and over again okay why don't we stand